Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. David Cobb covers college basketball and football for CBS Sports. He's on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Cobb, we'll get into some hoops in just a second, but... I'm starting to get a little fascinated by this Pac-12 media rights thing because it seems like despite uh, the vote of confidence or whatever, the league-wide vote of confidence they got last week, at the bare minimum, if you start like connecting dots, Arizona State is really, really PO'd right now. And they seem to be a part of this contingency that might be willing to leave the Pac-12. In your mind, how likely is that? Yeah, I feel like it's, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. Because the Big 12, to me, seems like it's on much firmer footing than the Pac-12. The Big 12 still has the best basketball league in America. Uh, The Big 12 still has uh, college football teams that uh, are going to be competing for a 12-team playoff year in and year out. What does the Pac-12 really have? I mean, Oregon flashed a little bit under a first-year coach, you know, this past season. Washington has a little bit of history from a football side, but... But dang, other than that, with USC and UCLA gone, I mean, I guess you're looking at Utah and 60-something-year-old Kyle Whittingham as your, your standard bearer in football. It's just it's, it's on weak footing. It has been for a long time, and it's just a reflection of the fact that they don't take sports all that seriously. And George Klyovkov has been talking to us about all these streaming things he was going to do and how innovative he was going to be. Uh, but it doesn't sound like, you know, that Amazon or Apple wants all that inventory and all that volume and whatnot. So, yeah, it, it's a mess, a mess on the Pac-12's part. I've largely felt, if you look at the moves that the streamers have done in terms of live sports, they've gone after, like, professional leagues. But they haven't really been willing to dip their toe into the college game. I feel like every time it gets, every time it gets, you know, thrown out there well you know there's still the streamers out there and of course we're going to get a deal done with them I don't know like to me like that that just seems to be until I see it happen like I'm just gonna have to assume that that's nothing more than trying to you know get a negotiation that's a negotiation tactic but I think this is kind of the bigger question for people locally let's say the Pac-12 dissolves in some form or fashion you know Washington Oregon find a landing spot I don't know if it's the Big Ten or whatnot and let's say those four schools that have largely been rumored, which I believe is Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, find their way to the Big 12. What does that rem- what does the remnants of the Pac-12 mean kind of big picture for like schools like Memphis that clearly want to move up? I mean, yeah, you're talking about at that point Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, Cal. Uh, I don't know what happens to those guys. They might end up in the Mountain West, and there might be some some serious conversations at Stanford and Cal over where they belong or even if they belong 
in this new era of college sports because there's just not the cutthroat appetite to do multi-million dollar buyouts and uh, loosen your academic standards for transfers and grad transfers and all these things that you have to do to be competitive now in college sports. So I think culturally Oregon State and Washington State would make a lot of sense in the Mountain West. And then uh, Stanford and Cal culturally at this point probably make more sense in Division Three. So I don't know what it means for Memphis, to be Stanford's honest. Stanford's routinely at the top of the director's uh, cup standings. I can tell you this. There are lots of smart people, smarter than I am, that agree with Cobb. There's been one of the questions like the last 12 months is, are you all sure Stanford's going to be playing football in 10 years? Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's hard to get the transfers in, but it's easy to lose them still because, uh, well, it just is. So you, you can lose all the transfers, but then you can't replace them. Uh, or if you do, if you are replacing them, you're replacing them with uh, with high school prospects who can't enroll early because of the uh, academic stipulations there. And then if you graduate at a lot of these high academic institutions, you're done unless you're like a super genius and you can get into their grad school. So uh, it's it's just a, a rough go of it right now for those elite academic schools uh, like Cal and Stanford. So I don't. Know, I mean, I still think. Uh, Memphis's best hope in all this would be that the Pac-12 stays together-ish and then the Big 12 wants to keep expanding and maybe it whiffs on a team or two that it had hoped it could get from the Pac-12. Memphis is, Memphis is so much better. I will say this. Memphis is so much better than any other option that's left at this point, You know, especially if we're going to see SMU uh, get scooped up into the Pac-12 or whatever like. Memphis has a good basketball program, a good football program. It has an NBA arena. It has uh, investment coming to its football stadium. It has a relatively large media market, uh, a consistent fan base, honestly. Uh, so, like, it's going to happen at some point. I just win, I guess, is, is, is still a, ma- a matter that is to be determined. Yeah, I'm, I think kind of the way I would phrase it is, if the Pac-12 dissolved, or the Pac-10, whatever it's going to be now, I don't think that really has any impact on Memphis. I think that they've got to kind of keep their eyes on what happens with the ACC. And right now it feels like everyone in the ACC is kind of fine just staying pat. But mm-hmm. all it, I feel like all it takes right now in the ACC is one school figuring out how to get out of that TV deal. Yeah, exactly. And then the dam breaks, and, yeah. and, and there's a lot of movement from that. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, geographically, the, the ACC probably makes more sense, I would say, even than, more so than the Big 12. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, uh, like I've, I've said all along, there's something to be said about Memphis potentially being able to dominate the AAC. I mean, Memphis should be like Conference USA level of basketball dominance in the AAC. Eh, it should. I'm it not should sold be, on that being possible. Like, I hope they can do that, but I think it's going to be tougher than you think to like just like to have like. Well, the other schools, like for instance, because I I hear what you're saying, but like look at a school like FAU with Dusty May right now. I mean, does anyone really think Dusty May is going to be FAU's coach next year? I'm not saying Memphis shouldn't be won't win the league two out every three years in in the new new league, but I don't see them. I don't know. I think it's just going to be really hard to replicate that level of dominance they had there for a while in Conference USA. I mean, they were going 15-1 and or 16-0 and basically every year. Yeah, but they were, they were beating up on really bad teams, and, and that's the situation that Memphis is going to be in 
from a basketball standpoint in a conference that doesn't have uh, Houston or Cincinnati or US, yeah. UCF, I mean, who has at least been decent at, at points under Johnny Hawkins. And, I mean, SMU had its moments too. You lose them, uh, it sounds like. So I, I, there's really, I, I think, a, a pretty clear path to a, a year-in, year-out 16-2 and two conference record for Memphis basketball. I don't know how exciting that is to the fans, you know, but honestly, that it, it, I lived through that, that era under Calipari and it wasn't all that bad. I mean, they, he was getting players. They were they were a lot of fun. They were winning games. Uh, you know, it, it reduces your margin for error, and you end up with Darius Washington at the free throw line, and your NCAA tournament hopes on the line. You know that can too soon, too, Cobb. But, too soon. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I don't know. I, I, from a financial standpoint, it definitely is not ideal. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, clearly, you want to be in a better league financially. Well, I found this interesting. So ESPN came out with their SP Plus preseason rankings yesterday and the most interesting part for me was in terms of their preseason predictions like they had Memphis at 61 I think something like that yeah and they were they had Memphis fourth in the AAC just below UTSA and SMU and then a gap and they're Tulane as as the clear favorite going into next season Um, but it was the conference uh like the average rating per conference. So at the end of last season, the ACC was the lowest rated Power 5 league, and it had an average SP Plus rating of 2.6. And the AAC was the best group of five league, and it had an average SP Plus rating of 1.3. According to these preseason rankings... We're going to go into the year. The ACC will be the lowest-rated Power 5 league again with an average rating of 6.1. The AAC will also be the highest-rated group of five, but its rating is down to negative 7.4. So there's like a huge – like there's, there's like a just – because of Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF leaving, like right there is our first clear indication well, and I wonder of how much- the gap that is going to widen starting this year. I also wonder how much not only are you losing those like Charlotte was metrically like one of the worst teams we've we've seen in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder like how that much that weighs yeah. it down unnecessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah perhaps. that's a good point. The, they the were thing horrible. to remember though about this new era is that uh, you're going to have access to the 12 team playoffs even yeah. as a group of five team, and, and it's the, still the best group of five. It's still yeah, the best group of five. Realistically. It's not unreasonable to expect Memphis football, the version of it that we've had for the last decade, that Silverfield is trying to get it back to. Like, that version of Memphis football is competing for the AAC title, you know, every other year, every three years. And and if you win that AAC title, you're in all likelihood going to be in the playoffs. So, I mean, that's an attractive element of of the new era uh, for Memphis, for the AAC, is is that access piece, um, which is – codified now like that's the way it's going to be uh so from a football standpoint joining a new league would be really tough for memphis football like there would be an uphill an uphill climb there an uphill battle there i mean uh, houston's about to, to face that i think in, in a really significant way uh, over the next couple of years like i would be surprised if they are able to go 500 in the big 12 well, to, uh, to your point i don't think it's any coincidence that luke this was the year luke fickle decided to get out yeah, exactly. I mean, he doesn't have to deal with transitioning Cincinnati to a much tougher conference and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it wasn't a coincidence. That's a great point. So, yeah, the, from a football standpoint, joining a new league on the field is never, ever easy, uh, especially when you're jumping up 
a weight class. Basketball, it's it's more practical to to do to do so successfully overnight. Well, let's switch course to basketball. Big game in the SEC tonight. My Crimson Tide. Alabama comes to Knoxville as the number one team in the country. Cobb, I got the Tide to at take, twenty to one. By the way, to take on Tennessee, six right. o'clock tip on ESPN two tonight. Um, what do you make of the matchup? Are the Vols due? Vegas has the Vols as what a three and a half point favorite. Something yeah, like that, that line stinks. <laughs> Baffling. I am baffled by the fact that Tennessee is a is a favorite tonight, especially considering. One, Josiah Jordan-James isn't going to play. He's one of their better perimeter defenders. And then, obviously, it sounds like Julian Phillips, who, you know, he's similar to Josiah Jordan-James. They're both 6'7", 6'8", lanky wings, really good defenders. So, like, you can cope with the loss of just one, but when you don't have either of those guys out there and you're playing against that super athletic, versatile Alabama team that has four or five different really explosive offensive weapons, like, I just don't see Tennessee being at its best defensively tonight. And, now, those guys help them on offense, too, and if neither one of them is playing, I, I don't know. I, I know Betty Aka was questionable for Alabama, but I just struggle to see Tennessee uh, being covering a three-and-a-half-point spread, let alone you know winning this thing outright. Like I, I would go Alabama money line tonight. Maybe I've just watched too much of this Tennessee team recently, and I'm, I'm kind of skewed on that. But, yeah, I, I think the Crimson Tide roll in Knoxville tonight. Well, that was the other thing, because obviously this is the ultimate, you know, Styles clash here. You know, this is the unstoppable force, immovable object in terms of the way they want to play. But correct me if I'm wrong, Nate Oates hasn't really struggled against Tennessee, has he? No, not really. I mean, yeah, it's a, a clash of styles in the sense that, like, Alabama is a little bit more up tempo and, and uh, you know, the Tennessee is slower, wants to play a half court game, all that. Um, but at the end of the day, like, Alabama is still a really, really good defensive team, too. And I just have a hard time seeing Tennessee uh, getting a lot, of, a lot of buckets against a team that has a lot of length and athleticism. And, you know, an Alabama team that's been playing really well defensively. Alabama isn't just beating SEC opponents. Alabama is crushing SEC opponents. I mean, their average margin of victory in the league is, what was it? is ridiculous. What, what did Nate say on Saturday? Spoiling Super Bowls? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's uh, – Alabama is number one in the country for a reason. I think they're the best team in the country. Uh, Tennessee is not playing like a top ten team. It's just they happen to still have a, a top ten ranking because nobody else in college basketball is good enough to take it. Okay, I think we can agree that's that's clearly the best SEC basketball game, best college basketball game probably tonight. Like or at least, I know at least what one you're going. At to least next. in terms of, but I, no, what's the second best SEC game? Because I think there's two clear options: Arkansas A and M. It's definitely that one. Or no, it's not. Celebrity death match. No, it's not old. Right? Is it this? Is this a loser leaves town in Starkville tonight? <laughs> uh, oh, in Starkville. Uh, no, actually, I was going to say for you, Ole Miss. Oh yeah, uh, no, I, and the cat, it, Kentucky at Mississippi State. Well, anything involving Kentucky right now is. I mean, well, at, they're both like they're both the exact same spot on the bubble. No, and it well, and, but it, with Kentucky right now, I found Kentucky. To be as entertaining as they would be as like a number as a top five Kentucky team right now because tuning in to watch like the angst of that fan base right now and the anger at John Calipari is listen like I don't hate or love John Calipari but I do enjoy watching this storyline play out. I appreciate him. Yeah, yeah, they're they are firmly on the bubble. Make no doubt. Like Kentucky has to finish strong. And all of a sudden, like, Mississippi State's kind of been hanging in there, kind of making a little bit of a comeback. So, 
going down to the hump, and, and Kentucky's already struggling to score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.